quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Get a mentor, not necessarily pay a bunch of money to be some syndication group where a lot of people have had success. No bad things to say about that, but whoever it is, find a mentor. Welcome to the best ever show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, David Lilly. David is joining us from Dallas, Texas. He is the CEO of Reap Capital. They buy value-add multifamily and vertically integrate with property management and construction. David's portfolio consists of multiple properties in Texas. David, thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Glad to be here. Doing great. Thank you. Good. David, before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. So my real estate investing career began back in 2013 with the purchase of a single family rental. Pretty soon I made the decision that real estate was where I wanted to focus my investing, where I want to invest my money. So the next step was how do we scale? And I decided to just jump right into multifamily, bought a six unit in 2018. And then each deal is just kind of grown from there. So at this point we're value add focused. We've done self-storage and multifamily, but specifically focused on multifamily in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex right now. So you've been at this about 10 years. What kind of construction projects have you had to apply to these properties? A lot of interior renovations, some exterior projects. We usually replace the roof and paint the exterior on each of these deals. So at this point, we've probably done $7 million in CapEx, something like that. And why do you self-manage and do all the construction when everybody else is outsourcing that? (laughs) Well, I guess I'm a control freak. That's probably why I got into this business to begin with. So I just felt like we could do it better, to be quite honest. And I'm glad we did because I feel like it's made me a better operator, being more involved in the property management business. You know, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that you otherwise wouldn't be privy to. And now we're all same team. So if I was outsourcing to a third party, I would be worried about what they're not telling me. But now we're embedded there on our team. We're solving problems together. I don't have to worry about that. David, the arrow is no longer going up and to the right with a lot of real estate assets, particularly multifamily. Do you think there'll be a trend with more operators bringing property management back in-house? I have seen that. I've seen that in Dallas with a lot of large firms. They've been doing that. Long-term, I don't know. We're definitely facing some headwinds, but I think long-term, the fundamentals are good. So we're dealing with a short-term, too much supply and not enough demand right now. Next year's probably not going to be any better. It's probably going to be worse. But after that, I think we'll be in a pretty good place. Rent growth will rebound. And there's no telling. I don't know. I think in the short term, you're probably right. That trend of outsourcing is going to continue. Yeah, I would think if they bring it back in-house, that's some margin they get to recapture. Have other operators approached your company about taking on their properties or teaching them how to self-manage? 
Yeah, not necessarily taking us being the third-party manager. We do plan to do that. I don't think we're there yet. We're still trying to perfect that side of the business and grow our infrastructure and set us up so we're ready to do that. But I know a lot of other founders, a lot of multifamily owners in Dallas, and I was just having this conversation yesterday. What advice would you give me? We're looking to bring this in-house. What challenges did you face? So I've had that conversation many times with other operators that are looking to bring it in-house. All right. I'm going to respectfully call you out on something. You said that you're a control freak, and then you said you want to perfect the property management before you start taking it on for others. Perfection is the enemy of progress, right? So I feel like if you guys have already managed all of your units, $7 million in CapEx, you're already there. You're able yeah, to take yeah, on you could argue other that. properties to manage. You, you could argue that. Yeah. So I definitely strive for perfection and hopefully achieve excellence. I know that we're not going to be perfect, but I guess the truth is we don't want to sacrifice the performance of our investments at this point if we're not ready to bring on other projects. I think that's probably really where we're at at this point. David, how are you finding deals today or are you even looking to acquire deals today? We are. We're in the middle of an acquisition right now. Hopefully it'll close before the end of the year. There's a lot being shopped off market. There's some deals hitting the market. So between those two, that's about 100% of our deal flow right now. A lot of off market and then the rest we see come out in the email blasts and just broker phone calls. Is there a specific niche that you like to stay within? I think we're 150 doors plus um, 80s. We're really focused on 80s or newer right now. We'll look at the 70s deals or older, but the upside has to justify that risk. And we haven't seen any deals where that's the case. So I'd say 15, probably 20 to 30 million is kind of our sweet spot in DFW. I'm assuming you raise capital. What are you seeing from investors as far as sentiment investing in multifamily? Good question. I think a lot of investors are really focused on cash flow right now. I feel like that's the number one metric that they measure the performance or success of an investment based off of. So I think they're really focused on cash flow. Depending on what equity you talk to, the institutional guys, they still want basically unicorns of a deal. So we haven't found any that are really interested. It just seems like they're making excuses to sit on the sidelines because no one wants to be the first guy to jump in and fail, lose their job or whatever. So other than that, I think at this point, people are kind of holding out for high teens, IRR and above. And that's kind of where we're at. We're being really selective with deals. It's got to be extremely compelling for us to take the jump at this stage in the game. Have you done any pivoting in terms of size of deals or asset classes to find those returns? Yeah. At this point this year, we focused on 80s or newer. So before that, it was late 60s, early 70s. What was the other question you had? How about pivoting it to other asset classes? Okay. It's really been value-add multifamily. So not a huge change there. Each deal, we've continually gotten into bigger and bigger assets. I think we're at the sweet spot where we want to stay at this point. Like I said, between that 20 and 30, maybe 20 and 40 million, 80s or newer. I guess you could say we've looked at a lot newer properties uh, this year. We've looked at 90s, 2000s, new build lease ups because 
really there wasn't that institutional competition like there used to be. They're all sitting on the sidelines waiting. And we felt like this was an opportunity to get into some new high quality deals. Uh, ultimately, the 190s property that we really went aggressive on, we ended up getting beat out. But yeah, I guess that would be the answer to your question. We've we've been looking at some new class A stuff where we never really entertained that prior to this year. David, we're in November of 2023. Do you still see a lot of people overpaying for assets? Are you losing in best and final? No, I wouldn't say they're overpaying. I guess there's been two deals this year that we've got beaten out on. And I don't think they were overpaying per se. They were just slightly better terms than we had. So I think a lot of people, the people that are buying right now are being very selective because there's not a lot of buyers out there right now. Not a lot of guys that can raise capital. And everybody else is just so focused on trying to keep their deals afloat that they're not looking to take on anything at this point. Normally, when I get bios ahead of these interviews, people want to write down how many doors they have, the size of their portfolio. I don't have that from you. Is there a reason why? No, I don't think so. We're at 560 doors okay. uh, What Dallas. is the size of the portfolio? We're at 560 doors in Dallas right now. We've exited five deals, so it's been hard to break that thousand unit count because we're just trading out a deal so fast. So we've acquired 785 units, I believe, since inception. So that 560s spread across four assets in Dallas. Yeah, I appreciate the humility because that's typically what people lead with is the AUM, number of doors or value or whatever it is, right? So good for you for being humble. What's one of the biggest mindset hurdles you've had to overcome to achieve the amount of success that you have? People talk about imposter syndrome a lot. So I guess that's one of them, just being overly critical. And it's hard not to pay attention to other people, maybe being more successful and comparing yourselves to them. But at the end of the day, this is why I got in this to begin with. I believe that really it's all about just getting out of your own way. I look at other people all the time, meet really successful people that I'm just not impressed with. So I feel like if they can do it, there's no reason why I can't. But yes, I still get imposter syndrome all the time, but here we are. Yeah. A couple of my biggest mistakes is one, I didn't start raising capital sooner. It took me almost 10 years and then I didn't go bigger faster. What's one thing looking back that would have added to your success had you done earlier? It's a good question. It's tough to say. And I don't know, but I often think, would it be different had I had another co-founder or two other co-founders in the business. I founded Reap Capital. I'm still the only partner in the business. There's no one else. So I've been going at this alone. I've got a great staff at this point. We've got a total of 10 on our corporate team. But as far as another partner, that's what I think about. Would we have grown at twice the speed or four times the speed? But even if so, would it be worth it now? Would it be worth it to compromise my vision based on someone else's vision. So I'm happy with where we're at. I don't think I'd change a thing. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR 
with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital's never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. Are you a real estate investor struggling to streamline your property management? Are you tired of juggling multiple systems to effectively manage your portfolio? Meet Rentec Direct, your ultimate solution for automating management tasks, reducing errors, and most importantly, saving you time. Rentec Direct offers an all-in-one platform for accounting, marketing, tenant screening, rent collection, and much more. And the best part? You're never alone. With U.S.-based live support and award-winning customer service, Rentec Direct is the partner you need to streamline your property management so you can focus on what's most important, growing your business and getting more deals done. If you're an investor looking to grow your portfolio, join the more than 15,000 investors and landlords who manage real estate assets totaling more than $200 billion using Rentec Direct. Just go to rentecdirect.com forward slash best ever and sign up for a free trial. Plans start at just $45 a month and you'll receive 20% off your first year just for being a best ever listener. That's R-E-N-T-E-C direct.com forward slash best ever for 20% off. Are you raising capital for commercial real estate ventures? To make sure you comply with security laws and structure deals correctly, talk to syndicationattorneys.com your premier legal resource for real estate syndicators and fund managers. Syndicationattorneys.com dedicates its practice to helping real estate syndicators and fund managers legally raise capital from private investors. Their experienced team has helped create over $2.75 billion in security offerings, making them industry leaders in the capital raising space. To get a free copy of their book, How to Raise Capital for Real Estate Legally, Go to syndicationattorneys.com or text the word FAIRLESS to 844-796-3428. That's FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, to 844-796-3428. Launch and grow your business with syndicationattorneys.com today. This offer is not valid to Florida residents. Let's deep dive into that. I think we can solve that. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be a number of things that you either don't enjoy doing or you're not the best at or a combination of the two. And then you are obviously the visionary because you've built this company. So I don't think you have to worry about competing visions. There's a book called Rocket Fuel where they talked about every visionary needs an integrator. You've somehow done both for many years, but I think you find that balance of somebody else who can fill the gaps. Yeah, you're right. And that's one of the key roles that I've been thinking about filling. Who is that integrator? So that is one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an equity partner, but somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, either a very senior level person or a partner, but it's a lot more fun when you go together, right? Yes. No, I I would agree. Yeah. It's been on my mind quite a bit these days. 
Well, good. I think you're thinking about things the right way. Just fill those gaps. And even if it's not something that you might be good at everything, but if it's something that you don't enjoy doing, find someone to offload that. Very good advice. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. What advice would you give somebody that wanted to follow in your footsteps in November of 2023? David, I want to be a multifamily syndicator. How do I get started? What's your advice? I'd say get a mentor, not necessarily pay a bunch of money to be some syndication group where a lot of people have had success. No bad things to say about that, but whoever it is, find a mentor. That's something I never had just because I felt like I could figure it out. And if I had that one person that I could go to for advice, I would have done that. I didn't want to be a part of a group. I probably didn't have the resources at the time to be a part of a group because it's not necessarily cheap, but that's what I'd tell them. Find a mentor. They've learned about their mistakes that they made, so you don't have to make them yourself. It could be costly. With the amount of success that you've achieved, I would imagine a lot of people want you to mentor them. How could somebody get your attention and earn your respect to where you would give up your valuable time and attention to mentor them? I'd be happy to do it. People reach out all the time via LinkedIn or, or email or whatever, ask for advice, and I'm happy to help however I can. Time and resources are limited. So I'm to a point right now where people aren't just blowing me up every day. Maybe they will after this podcast. I don't know. I'm happy to help them. Find me on LinkedIn, shoot me an email, and I'll always do what I can for a fellow real estate investor trying to become financially free. David, are you looking or have you looked in other markets besides DFW? We have. Our first two acquisitions were actually in Tampa and Phoenix metros. Okay. So you're open to a pretty large geographic area looking for deals. I am. Yeah. At this point, we went in-house with property management beginning of last year. So I feel like our networks are in Dallas. That's where most of my team is from and grew up. So we've got solid networks in Dallas. It's easier for us to source the talent to grow our teams. And it's just frankly easier to build out the business being local. But there are some other locales that are high on our list and we're interested in, but deal flow for us is pretty strong in Dallas. So that's arguably the best market in the nation. So as long as we've got enough deal flow in Dallas, really don't have a whole lot of reasons to start looking elsewhere, but I'm sure we will at some point. If you had to pick one, would you say your bottleneck currently is investor capital or deal flow? I'd say equity. We've always been constrained by equity because I didn't come from a big firm. So I think it's taken some time for us to prove ourselves. I believe we have at this point, but there's others then that their next question is, have you been around through a downturn, which hopefully once we get on the other side of this, we'll be able to say, yeah. So this has definitely been some good experience for us navigating all of this. Well, look, the last downturn was 15 years ago. There wasn't that many people that are still in the game that have been through that. However, I think a good way you can answer that question is how are you faring currently? Because a lot of your fellow syndicators are not doing so well and we're in the early onset of a recession. So for you, I think the way you answer that question is here's how our deals currently stand. Take it for what it is, but we're in the downturn and here's where we are. Yeah. I got a pretty short answer for that. We should have two sales this year. One's under contract, should close this month, but 
we sold one back in June. And as of that closing date, we had owned it 25 months. So two years. So you could say we bought at peak of the market, like a lot of other people did that are upside down in their equity right now. But we were able to sell that deal and make a 36, 37 IRR on that to investors. So that proves that this next sale, it'll be around 19, 20 months of ownership, something like that. Returns are not going to be that impressive, but it'll be a win for sure. Double digits in this market. That's a huge win in my opinion. That is unbelievable. On average, what is the IRR that your investors have received? It's north of 40%, 40.26, I believe. All right. Can I make another suggestion? What do you got? Stop being so damn humble. <laughs> Share some of these success stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you tout those numbers and then they just say, well, everyone's done well throughout this cycle. So talk is cheap. Yeah, I get that. But on the deals that you're exiting now, look, a lot of other people are unable to exit right now for a couple of reasons. One, they might be underwater. Two, there's no buyers to make their sale attractive. A multitude of reasons, but the fact that you're doing it, I think, speaks huge volumes about your success. So you got to fill that equity gap. How do you do that? How do you get more awareness to your deals? It's a networking thing. We've been focused a lot about branding this year. LinkedIn is a good way to do that and other social media platforms, podcasts, panels. I was just on GREA's multifamily owner operator panel this last week. That was good exposure. Just trying to contribute and be a thought leader. What do you think when you see other people boasting about their returns on social media? How does that make you feel? It's a good question. Obviously, there's plenty of market share for everybody. Happy for those guys. I'm competitive, so I want to think, okay, but what about all the unrealized deals? Where are you at with those? That would be my only thought, really. What else? What about the unrealized losses, potentially? Because I've got a competitive nature. That's it. But always happy for everyone else's success. Do you put out a newsletter? We don't. That's been one thing that I've wanted to prioritize and get to share my view of the market and what I'm seeing essentially. Yeah. I think you are a fascinating individual to speak with. And I think you have a lot of value to add to others, but you're not necessarily very outward spoken. You're not going to put a post out there saying our average return is 40% IRR, but in a newsletter, you can share a lot of those successes along with maybe some hard lessons learned or a story of failure and really get people to get to know you. So you got to do it, man. People got to get to know you. We'll get around to it at some point. That'll fill that funding gap, right? Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Set a goal, man. Set that goal. Yeah, put my right, email right. on the recipient list for that newsletter. You got to put yourself out there. You've got so much wisdom and success, and I'm sure lessons to share with the world. I think that will help fill your funding gap. All right. We'll make it a priority. All right, David, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's the best ever book you recently read? Bill Zeckendorf's autobiography. Really good one. A lot of gems in there. What was your big takeaway from that? Be creative. 
He was a super creative developer and got into a bunch of other non-development deals. So he was just a great investor because he thought outside the box. So just creativity and tenacity is a big one. David, what's the best ever way you like to give back? We've donated a bunch of money to St. Jude. They're probably one of our preferred places to go as far as philanthropy goes. Ever since, you know, I've got, there'll be two and four in November. So ever since having kids, I mean, I can't think of anyone more deserving for donations and money than kids. But other than that, we've been thinking a nonprofit is in the cards at some point in the future. We'd like to give back in other ways and have more control over how that money's spent. So it's definitely in the cards at some point. And David, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Go to our website. It's reapcap.com, R-E-A-P-C-A-P.com. There's a contact section. You can schedule a call with me right on there or fill out the contact form. And those details will get right in my inbox. So you can also find me on LinkedIn, David Lilly. And like I said, always happy to help in whatever way I can. Well, David, I've thoroughly enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you for your time. I want to see you on that leaderboard of multifamily syndicators. You've got great things going for you. You've got an awesome mindset and you just want to do the right thing. So what a pleasure it was talking to you today. Pleasure being on. We'll be on the leaderboard sooner or later. I can guarantee it. Good. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access. And you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.